When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Monday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, last week we wanted the Islanders to go out west and show a little pride, show a little, you know, uh, uh, skin in the game, as Barry Trotz would say. And I think uh, with the glaring exception of one terrible game in Los Angeles that we'll talk about in a few minutes, I would say that they've kind of done that so far. They've been pretty good in three of these uh, four games and then with the uh, one really scary one looming on Tuesday night, probably the day that everybody's listening to this. But uh, I mean, aside from that one game, they've looked pretty good so far. Yeah. And I think if you take a even bigger step back and look at um, the team kind of in a vacuum since they got healthy, they're 12, nine and two, I believe since uh, the NHL returned from the, holiday slash Omicron break and <laughs> their like expected goals numbers are pretty good. They're like 51.7% there, but their actual goal numbers are even better. Hmm. Um, they're like, I don't, I can't remember exactly what it was like 55%. Like they're almost averaging like half a goal more per 60 minutes, I think, or maybe even more um, at five on five in that stretch than their opposition. So the fact that they've, they've lost 11 of the 20, <laughs> they're 12 and 11 overall. And the case <laughs> really tells you how the season's gone. And, I started to think like a little bit like that Kings game is a perfect example of, <laughs> of, of um, what I think has truly gone wrong with this team, which is, and, and Kevin Kerr's pointed out a little bit in his article, but what ends up, what, what has ended up happening is like if the Island, you know, when the Islanders have had these, you know, bad periods or a bad 10 minute stretch, it's they're punished for it at all, at all times. And then they usually compound it because they get, they catch some bad luck which is the Kings game was a perfect example. They didn't show up in the first 10 minutes. No excusing that mm. they get out of the period. They're down two nil and you think, okay, they can come back. And like we, you and I both know that the Islanders, if they were up to nothing after the first period, we don't feel safe. And, but <laughs> th- that game. So you, you try to convince yourself they can come back. It's just two goals. 40 minutes ago, teams blow two, nothing bleeds all the time. And then Cal Clutterbuck scores in his own net. Um, <laughs> one of the, sh- one of the strangest goals I've ever seen, but it's probably not even the top 10 strange goals against the Islanders this season. Um, And that right there, like when you see that happen as a fan, you turn off the game as a player. You you wish you had a remote to turn off the game and go home and go to sleep. And uh, you're you're just not going to come back after that. Like considering how the season's gone. And I think that the Islanders have, they've done themselves no favors and the hockey gods have done them no favors either. And 
when, when, when you combine those two things, that's, that's how you end up here and, and where we are. And it's just, it's so frustrating because we spoke at length and two months ago, um, when they were just getting out of the, their first COVID battle and <laughs> they had lost 11 games in a row and the whole argument was, is there enough time to come back? And there was, it, it turns out there was, if they had just not shot themselves in the foot at the worst possible times, every, every <laughs> other game, basically, because uh, yeah, there was a playoff spot to be taken. Um, mm. And the fact that some models are still giving them like 8% chances to well, make I, the playoffs is just I think insane. that has, I think that has to do more with the caps, just not exactly like, like if the Islanders have been stepping on rakes, this entire time with a playoff spot really right there for them to take the caps are the ones that are kind of like laying the rakes out and then stepping on a couple of themselves. (laughs) Like they just, nobody can kind of get, they can't get out of their own way. And, uh, and I think a lot of caps fans are probably a little worried. They're probably safe, but I think, you know, caps fans are a lot like Islanders fans. Like, you know, you can tell them this kind of stuff, but I think they, they can see the danger ahead at all times. Um, But yeah, that, that Kings game was kind of a comedy of errors that the clutterbuck, own goal. Uh, it, it's really a hard. It's it's hard to guess which one was worse. It's either the Clutterbuck own goal or the Brendan Lemieux last minute goal. Both having both bookending the second period. And either way, that second period was was all she wrote for the Islanders. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's uh, <laughs> let's back it up to uh, a couple of games before that. You may have forgotten because they happened. Feels like they happened so long ago. Uh, one was the game in in Seattle, five two Islanders win. Uh, pretty good. I mean, they they jumped out to a with a four goal lead, right? Yeah, I think my, my notes missed yes. one. Yeah, four goal lead, uh, and then the Kraken decided to show up and start playing, and and the Islanders, for the most part, held them off. Although, again, I would you know be lying if I didn't say, oh man, please don't do this, please don't, please don't be the team that blows a four nothing lead to the expansion team <laughs> in their building. But uh, but they did not, uh, and Zach Greasy was absolutely fantastic in that game. He had two goals and, and an assist. Uh, and, uh, you know, overall, I thought it was, a, it was a pretty good performance. Again, it's, you know, in most cases, it's like, oh, yeah, right, it's an expansion team. But, like, this expansion team shut these guys out a week before. So, <laughs> you know, th- the fact that they won this game, they looked good, they put on the pressure, I, I think it worked out okay. I mean, d- did you watch this one? Uh, how many of yep. these did you even watch? I mean, these were yeah. all late games, <laughs> yeah, which watched- normally you like, but you didn't have a baby before. So Yeah, no, I watched uh, all the Kraken game. I watched um, – all the Sharks game. Hmm. Um, I'm still haunted by the Sabres game. I feel like I'm watching it every other hour still because I still think about it way too much. Um, and, yeah. and it was the Kings. I didn't watch much of the Kings game, and I refused to watch the Ducks game no matter how good it was. I didn't. I was like, I'm not turning it back on. I'm, just, hmm. I'm really so – I was so mad um, about yeah. where they are. And, and then um, – but the Kraken game, a couple things. Uh, the ESPN broadcast. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about was that. was so – bad yeah it's just so bad like i think uh, someone at the athletic wrote an article about like the the how it's going mm. you know the, the general you know you, I, another subscri- one you're talking about yeah, yeah subscription article subscription numbers are up like who cares it doesn't <laughs> matter because just tell us about the product like the, there's no mention of the product and the product right. is when the, the, i should say that espn plus like the fact that you can watch any game for the price that you pay for espn plus compared to what it was on nhl tv or whatever it was last year and the five years before that and which rarely worked um it's great like i like yeah. being able to drop into a dallas stars game or a calgary flames game we uh, do the for, bundle with yeah. disney plus and hulu and it's it's great for the so, for the money it's great yeah so separating that from right. <laughs> this which is that when the espn slash hulu game happens and they have espn is the only team only place that has the rights and they decide that oh john buchigross uh, can mm. call this game because he's he's been around for a while and likes <laughs> hockey like and, and he didn't even call the off the crack and when it was no, uh, it was uh leah hextall leah hextall who's terrible too like it's yeah. just it's 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 i don't know how anybody is watching that and thinking to themselves um this this is great. Like, can't wait for game six between the Penguins and Capitals with John Bouchergrass <laughs> on the call. Like, I'm yeah. horrified to think about it, and uh, it's it really makes you wish for Pierre back. Which is, I, I know I, I'm, yeah. I'm on one side of the fence uh, that <laughs> not many people are. That like that I I kind of learned to just appreciate Pierre for all mm. of his weird uh, eccentricities by the end of it. Like the NBC broadcasters bland and boring as it is. It's just like. I can't believe I'm saying it and it's hypocritical, but 
if if it means I never have to watch another John Bucci Grosser, uh, <laughs> Leah Hextall calling play by play again, mm. I, I'd sign up for it because it's, the product is just so bad, and it it really did take if 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 a broadcast is taking away the mm. joy of a four nothing first period lead, and it's like all you can think about is how bad this is, and that like you need to like turn it on mute every once in a while, mm. it's that's bad. I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I had totally forgotten about it. But I, I had the volume way down to the point where I couldn't really make out what was being said, but I knew that stuff was being said because I always watch on the computer and we have something else on TV. But it's pretty bad. And before anybody gets any any crazy ideas, I'm I'm all for. I think a lot of us. I think you are. Uh, you know, it's time for a, a woman hockey play by play broadcaster. I think that would be awesome. I don't think Leah Hextall is that person because she is distractingly bad at this. And it's a, it's a race to see who's worse, whether it's Bouchergras or her. I, I, I kind of want to put her slightly ahead of Bouchergras because he speaks a language that only he understands <laughs> of like celly lettuce. Like, and I just do just tell me what's going on in the game, please. Yeah. Um, but I she was bad. Like she's yeah. really, really bad. She's, yeah. It's like, she's bad at calling a hockey game. Like John Bucciagross is is like not doing that. He's he's yeah. like actively trying to do something yeah. else, and yeah. that's the difference. And 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 if it was just a thing where it's like a like I know she like messed up something with like Casey Sezikis or something and yeah, whatever, but, but like you know, that's fine. Like <laughs> right. yeah, like you know Brendan Burke and right. knows the Islanders inside and out. He makes a mistake every couple every I'm game. I'm actually because, surprised that doesn't happen more often with right. people that do like national games. But yeah, and it's it's <laughs> like it's fine. Like it doesn't. That's fine right. with me. But it's the the actual. Um, you know, and Andrews Lee will take take a shot, and someone will, you know it'll be a save and a rebound, and uh, the Kraken would would clear the puck and break it out. And by the time the Kraken are at the red line, starting a three on two their own way, it's like when we hear mm. save by Grubauer, and like it's like <laughs> it's a little tough. Whereas Bucciagross, it's just yeah, he is. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty tough. Bad. And I know I know some. Uh, we're I don't think we're alone in, in this <laughs> venting. No, no. No, like I think not. it's it's. And that's what's so frustrating about the way that this ESPN deal has been covered. <laughs> right. It's 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 great that there's like yeah. there's more options for hockey fans who will go through the effort to scroll and find it and, and whatever. Uh, but the product of the nationally televised games with uh, mm. with these folks is just it's it's shockingly bad. The, the fact that like OLN and mm. versus out the Outdoor Life Network in 2006 <laughs> right did a much better job. Like a much, it's you can I I implore you to go watch mm. a game on on OLN. It'll probably be Sabers and Red Wings. It'll be right. you know, Chris Osgood and Ryan Miller in the net, mm. and Thomas Holmstrom in front in front of <laughs> in front of Miller causing a ruckus. And whoever's calling that game, uh, probably Beninati. It'll be either Forsland or uh, I guess um, Dave Strader, the late yeah, Dave, Dave yeah, Strader, like, right. Those broadcasts were great. They were, I mean, for they they had the production va- uh, probably budget of, mm. you know, the Cowboy Channel ha- these days. <laughs> like it's it's, but it, it worked. It it, right. it they called the hockey game for the hockey fans that were watching yeah. it, rather than doing what Bucciagross does, which is calling it for the you know eleven friends that he said that he probably yeah. says like, oh you you want to hear me talk about uh you know, your, your boys, like Jacob Middleton's got a sweet stash. I'm going to be talking about that all night. Like cool, John, like yeah. nobody wants to hear it. So uh, it's, uh, and, and the, the, um, the other thing that he, that pisses me off about him too, is the, the veneration he receives mm. from um, everybody like, who's not like, like normal people, I think despise him yeah. uh, because he's so easy to despise. But I think that uh, like the team, like, Teams think he's cool, and like the marketing department probably is like, oh, if we can get Bucci to maybe say like it's Casey Sezikis' birthday, that'll be great. Like, no, nah, it's not. He's not. Well, he's he's not cool like, like that. The hockey guy there, and I think you know, in his defense, like he he's been the hockey guy there, and he he truly loves the game, and that's great. But that doesn't mean he's any good at at this whole play by play thing. And the, the OLN ex, uh, comparison you made is a good one because what did they do? They went out and hired two really good play by play. I'm not a huge Forsland fan, but like. He's very good at this. Like, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of the catchphrases, you know, uh, but Strader was fantastic. Strader, to me, was the better ESPN voice as opposed to Gary Thorne, who everybody uh, loved, you know. But um, of of the the crews that they had, really, 
the only person who's actually done hockey before or does hockey actively is Bob Wachusen, right? He's he's the only yeah. one. And, and, and that's fright that's frightening. Yeah, and he's okay, like it's fine, but like that's it, really? It's it's <laughs> uh him, it's it's him, Chris McDonough. Uh, Sean McDonough. Sean McDonough. Who's okay. Yeah, he's but, fine too. Like it, you know. compared to Butchergrass and Lee and, <laughs> oh, and yeah. Lee Hexa, it's like good guy. But yeah, there's going to be playoff games that will probably be called by these folks. Mm. And uh, you want to talk about mm. <laughs> the, the uh, grow the game crowd. <laughs> I don't think that listening to John Butchergrass call uh, yeah. Panthers lightning game three on ABC at like 1 p.m. in the afternoon as people are waiting for uh, some – horse racer i don't know whatever will come on after it i don't think that's going to draw people in because they're going to be like what what word did that guy just say and and i mean he someone just scored he just said the word tuck yeah i mean well i mean to be honest i don't think any non-hockey fans are even watching this on espn plus i mean thank you yeah because i I mean it's mostly just people going where the hell's my game why is this game on you oh come on you know like that that crowd but um he, yeah he, I, I tweeted this like he calls the game like sometimes you go to a game and like there's like a kid behind you who's like yeah s- calling it uh, the game and it's it's cute for a couple minutes it, it could get annoying but he's a five-year-old kid and john yeah. Gross is 60 <laughs> well i always think that it sounds like me and my friends playing sega genesis and they're like you know you'd have four of us and only two guys are playing at once and the other two guys you know would do like play by play just for fun and it's the same thing like you're just kind of goofing on your friends but you're not saying anything that matches up with actually what's happening. And it just goes to show you how hard this is. It's not a thing that just anybody can do. Um, and, there's, but yeah. and it's also like there's not other roles for these people that they can do. Leo, I think Leo Hextall does like what Linda Cohn was doing for that game. Yeah. The, the, the kind of uh, third uh, person in the in the booth, yeah. the, the Pierre Maguire role, so to speak. and Which is not a good role for uh, Linda Cohn. <laughs> she should be in the studio. And, and Emily Kaplan, who they have trying to do that. I mean, she should be their insider. Like, I don't understand why she's not like the news breaking insider. They have her right there. Like, they don't need to go out and get like an Elliot Friedman or Pierre LeBron. They have one. They can, she's good at yeah. that. Like, they just let her do that. I don't know why they're trying to make a new, create a new Pierre when we don't really need one. Um, before we move on, uh, just to bring in because of the TNT guys. So basically, you've got a couple of different choices. You've got ESPN groups that. On, on their best day are sort of okay. Like McDonough and Ferraro is obviously pretty good because of Ferraro mainly. McDonough is okay. Wushusen is okay. Hextall and Buchigras are actively terrible. And then on TNT, you've got Kenny Albert and Edzo, which is the exact same broadcast we've been listening to for 20 years on, on NBC Sports. And uh, this is our way of finding out if he listens to this show or not. To me personally... I kind of think that the Brendan Burke, Darren Pang connection on TNT might be the best one going right now as far as national uh, games go, because we've talked about it. Like Darren Pang is, is Pierre, but when he's not annoying, you know, and obviously we have, we have it in for for uh, for Brendan, who's our guy. So if I was going <laughs> to pick one of those groups, it, it would be definitely that because I don't know. I love Darren Pang. He just, he just yeah, I love Darren. But but Darren Pang is is what's like great about. Right. about broadcasts he yeah. gets excited he's got he does have his own catchphrase but he's the color guy like and right. he's he's like t- he's very colorful in, in the way he talks he sounds funny he yeah. truly truly loves hockey without uh needing to tell you who you know right. what kind of laundry detergent yeah. jack hughes uses <laughs> like it's it's which is fine like that's all you, you don't need to go to the next level like and and these I think it's 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 contagious. I don't. It's like an epidemic among mm. hockey uh, personalities. Is like the yeah. story topping of who who knows more, like little right. details about these these players and characters in the in mm. in the the universe of the NHL. It's because you know you hear it all the time from <laughs> Jeff and Elliot. Like when mm. when you bring up somebody and. Uh, would be like, oh, you know, you know who's like a great player from Czechoslovakia, and then they just name names for like six six minutes back and forth, and then it's like, but it's like that's what uh you know Pierre was doing, yeah. Um, and but Peng doesn't fall into that, which is nice. And and the the biggest compliment I think you can give Brendan Burke is there are so many times that someone's calling a game, and I'll be like, oh, is that Brendan calling the game? Mm. And it'll end up being someone else. There's like there's (laughs) there's one guy who sounds exactly like him, and I can't remember who it is. But it's like that's just because he's he's a professional play by play guy, yeah. which is fine. Um, you know who 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 knows how these people are as like actual human beings, and right. uh, wow. but like it's like I don't care when they're just doing the right like they're not taking away from 
after you know the day of work or whatever and you just want to sit and watch a hockey game i don't want to be pissed off that john bucigross is the one <laughs> calling the game i want to just be yeah. like okay this is yeah. uh brendan burke or dave straight or whoever mm. calling this game and they're gonna just narrate what's happening right yeah darren pang is all the excitement without with information that you actually want as opposed mm-hmm. to whatever pierre was giving us but uh well that was an extended riff on, <laughs> on that just, from that just one. It, it had yeah. to come up because of like the, the, the abc yeah. game that happened it was like this monument once again right another monumental thing and also there was an outdoor game which i had no idea was happening <laughs> didn't nashville just have an outdoor game last L- year? last year yeah yeah this this might have been the most missed outdoor game ever <laughs> i thought it was pretty good i but i i I have to admit, like, I didn't remember it was going on until about Thursday when I was like, yeah. oh, dude, that's going on this weekend. Oh, man. What time is that? Is it in the day? Is it night? Oh, okay. And, like, so I watched it. It was cool. But, like, yeah. And the there's two- another one coming. Yes. The Heritage Classic, I think, is coming up, too. I think there but- might be two more. Oh, who the hell I think knows? Ottawa oh. might be involved in one. I think Toronto's involved in one. Yeah. But it's well, – <laughs> yeah, we'll I mean, that. like, it's, it, we just, it's just funny that the NHL, like, the opportunity to – um, it's, it's it's incredibly predictable how this has gone. By the way, yeah. like, and I think we probably when when we we did a uh you know deep dive into this earlier in the year before the season when they announced the changes that we probably were were right in kind of how this was going to end up going, <laughs> which was that a lot of it is just going to be the same them trying the same old thing with just a new coat of paint, which they did. Um, in terms of like the outdoor games and the the TNT broadcast, which is the NBC broadcast, and then Basically. the <laughs> the shots, the, the risks that they're taking for the 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 ESPN Plus broadcasts are um, a not even risks at all, and b horrible. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, yeah, I'll post the article. It was very rosy. It was by Sean Shapiro, who writes for the Athletic, who kind of covers hockey media and stuff. And and I mean, you wouldn't expect anything less from these guys, but it does it does noticeably not mention the fact that I don't know a single person that is actually enjoying any of these broadcasts. <laughs> it's like you know, just just finding. I mean, obviously, his first year jitters and whatever, you know, we're like working out the kinks, but it's it's been kind of a weird situation. But yeah, that that and it was weird too that it was like Islanders and Kraken. Like <laughs> why, why this guy, I don't know, whatever, but you know, I mean, hopefully they'll, they'll bring in some, some more folks and we wouldn't have, this will be a, a very strange, uh, you know, memory at some point. Um, but so, yeah, so that was game one and then they moved on to, uh, a game in San Jose and this of all four of these games that we're going to talk about might've actually been the best one. The Islanders to be quite blunt dominated the Sharks for 50 minutes of that game. They were fantastic. Um, Zdeno Chara set the record for most games played by defense, and we'll talk about him uh, in the second half, and, and got a nice ovation from the Sharks crowd and got a nice video from Patrick Marlowe. I thought that was very nice of them. Like, you know, I wouldn't have expected that. I mean, not that there's any kind of, like, rivalry or anything, really. I mean, he's played there, I guess, for 20 years, but at the same time, not, not that often. Um, but uh, after some early Sharks pressure, the Islanders – Really turned it on, and Nelson scored again. He's been super hot. Um, uh, Pelic uh, um, took a penalty, and then uh, some Sharks guy, Barbanov, scored. And it kind of went back and forth, um, but the Islanders played really, really well. Zach Parisi scored his 400th career goal, which is pretty exciting to see as well. Um, they went to overtime, not much doing there. Noah Dobson had a, a shot ring off the post. That was probably the best chance for just about anybody. Um, and then they went to a shootout, which means the Islanders lost. Like they always do. They, they just there was a time, and I know you remember this, when they were good in shootouts. Like oh, yeah. we didn't dream that. They used to be pretty good. Those days are over. Now when these guys go to a shootout, you just turn it just turn it off because they're gonna lose. They're not gonna score any goals. And I, I don't know what's going on with Ilya Sorokin, the poor guy. He's been pretty good over the course of the season for the most part, but boy, once you get to the shootout, it just looks like he's just like he's just done with it. He's just I like, think I'm, he was I'm really over good it. last year at him too. That's the weird right. thing. But it was just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you said, we the Islanders, like because of you go uh, with 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 Franz basically mm. being the anchor of right. The, well, the like Oposo, Bailey, yeah. they were all good. The yeah, only guy Tavares, who couldn't score like, was Bannon. Tavares. He was the only guy. <laughs> Tavares had that one goal that I, I'll never forget, where he did like the Peter Forsberg move. Yeah. Um, and I was watching that in the uh, when I was interning with Stan, and I was watching it in uh, the MSG kind of like, right. you know shoddy studio thing that they set mm. up <laughs> and uh and that was great and but like yeah with franz and kyle and like even like even early in the early part of the shootout with miro shatan and, yeah. and victor kozlov and um rick well i mean 
DiPietro was built for the shootout. Like that is like his, he was, he, he was basically doing backflips, right. uh, you know, as his players were coming down the, the, uh, the runway. And I mean, you're like, Rick, like this, mm. this is a point at stake here. So this is not the all-star game. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's what, what the worst part is like when it feels like when you score first in the shoot, like you go first and score first in a shootout, the mm. NHL as a whole is probably winning like 89% of those games. <laughs> and the Islanders, never still never do like when they right. be, they play the canadians and beauvillier scored and you're like oh well they might actually win the shootout because they scored first and uh yeah no that's not how it goes but yeah. um yeah like guy, otherwise the game was really good yeah yeah like that was and i made this uh, you know this kind of snide remark to you after that game is like you, you think to the islanders best games of the season it's mm. uh <laughs> you know been like the loss to the wild mm. uh this shootout loss and there's couple others like the islanders are like two six and three on the season in in like in their best performances of the year uh when you look at it which just really goes to show you just how unfortunate they've been to some extent in this year and um you know that edmonton game certainly goes into into that bucket and uh it's it's frustrating uh because yeah you go you go into that la game which we'll talk about and and Mm. it was just an absolute mess and you go into that game with two with four out of six points it's uh you come home come out of it with four out of six possible points and into anaheim and whatever you start building a little bit more momentum but uh yeah i mean the as, as we keep saying the, that i think this road trip as a whole uh and that san jose game was definitely part of it has really represented the a million different faces of this team <laughs> this season mm. yeah for sure and uh, yeah that is that is a pretty telling stat that every time the islanders play well enough to get two points as barry trotz would say uh, they often get one or none, which is incredibly frustrating and and hugely irritating. Um, and yeah, the Sharks game, the, the Kings game, um, yeah, the, the the Kings game at, at UBS, the Wild game just before that, the Oilers game. These are just like within the last three weeks, basically. And like at one point, the Islanders could have gotten any of them, and they got one point out of any of those games. So uh, it, it would it I don't know, it, but yeah, that just goes to show you the way this season is gone um and so but you know you thought to yourself okay well they played really well now it's been two games now that they've played really well and so um you know they got to go play the kings who are probably one of the better you know probably the second best team that they're going to play in this stretch and you know just keep it going well they didn't and they fell flat on their faces they were never in the game we talked about that awful goal before they were already down to nothing at that point it just you know it, it passes past nelson past clutterbuck past pelic and past volamov and it was like what just happened? Um, Brendan Lemieux again scores with 28 seconds to go in the second period because, again, that's another thing the Islanders do now is they just give up goals within the last minute of a period. Also hugely annoying and frustrating. And, you know, that made it uh, uh, 4-1. Anders Lee had scored a goal and made it 3-1, and you thought, oh, okay, maybe they can get some back. Get out of this period down 3-1. Then you can work with that in the next period. But, no, they were down 4-1 going into the third period, and that was the end of that. Uh, JG Pajot scored and then um, Trevor Moore uh, with a goal, you know, at the end of that, it's kind of a giveaway from Brock Nelson, but like, who cares at that point Um, of all that stuff? uh, I thought Noah Dobson was actually pretty good in that game um, and he's been pretty good. They talked about him a little bit today uh, on a podcast I'll mention later on. Um, But to me, the big takeaway from that Kings game was afterwards, Barry Trotz visibly pissed in his uh, post game talk. And he talked about, how there was too much guessing going on. Guys out here guessing where the other guy is going to be. And it just gets back to what he's been preaching this whole time. And that's about predictability. He wants guys to be predictable, not so much for the other team, but for your team, for the Islanders, so that everybody knows where the other guy is going to be. And that's how that chemistry gets built. And as we talked about ad nauseum this season, when the Islanders are at the best, they were operating as one unit. They came out and just came at you in waves because everybody always knew what the other guys were going to do. And they had this undeniable chemistry. And even if they didn't score a ton of goals, they always kind of created stuff because they, you always knew where the other guy was going to be and you knew how to create and, and where to go. That has been almost completely absent this year. It's very, very rare to have seen that. And this Kings game was a perfect example of what the opposite of that is just guys guessing and, and nobody's ever in the right spot. And they were never in that game. Like I can't say that they lost it at any point because they were never in it. Like it was just always a Kings game and they had to watch him play the, with those stupid Chrome helmets. They look like Peacemaker out there. Uh, and it was just, it was not fun, and I'm really, really mad that I stayed up until 1 a.m. or whatever it was to watch that game. Uh, you know, at least the, the yeah the Sharks game went on longer because it went to a shootout. But you know, at least they played pretty well. This Kings game, I mean, this was a waste of time. I, my whole day was 
basically shot at that point and uh it was hugely annoying but yeah the the, the too much guessing thing really hit me because that's that's exactly what the Islanders have been doing this whole season, especially on offense. It's just guessing, guessing, guessing. And it almost never works out. There's, you know, very few, very few forward lines have had any chemistry. Even the fourth line, which is all chemistry, has barely had any chemistry mm-hmm. this year. We'll, we'll talk about a, a goal in a second that happened. But yeah, that was that was a frustrating one. And and I just, you know, it, it's just really, really just sticks out like, like it really sticks in your craw, as Elaine <laughs> Bennis would say. Because after they had played well before that, but then that was it, you know, that was enough. Yeah, yeah, I'd watched the first part of that game, and when it was clear what was going on, I turned it off and got some shut eye and woke up at two, I guess, with Isla, and and, um, was I feeding her, and uh, I checked the score real quick, saw the the final score, and took a deep breath, and Mm. and then and then picked up the baby, and then (laughs) uh, went into the uh, to feed her, and uh, it was it was really strange because. You know, as, as I'm like trying to get her to go back to sleep, I'm just thinking about the Islanders' season mm. um, as a whole, and and for some reason it crossed my mind that uh, you know the, the only the only thing that the Islanders really haven't had to endure yet this season, knock, you know, knock on wood, was uh, Adam Pellick and and Matt Barzell missing significant time because I I didn't know about the Barzell injury at the time, mm. um, and then I go to go back uh, go back to bed and I picked up my phone, which was a mistake. And then I saw what happened to Barcel, mm. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Did I? This is my my fault after the fact or whatever." <laughs> but um, it, it's like, once again, just it's this this whole season is is just they've just someone out there just throwing knives at Islanders and their fans, <laughs> and um, and that that was just it was hard to stomach to think think about that because uh, yeah, they um, obviously need him uh, mm. for. Uh, every, every not just this season but next season and whatever and uh, I was just re- really worried uh, about yeah. what you know because the, the Anders Lee injury kind of crept into my head and mm. um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be like that and which is good and uh, uh, but yeah it's just like it was it's just like such a demoralizing thing and and th- this is how you know it's a cursed season <laughs> that Ryan Pollock sets the record for most games played in a row by a defenseman mm. the next night he's hurt. <laughs> Zidane Ochara sets the NHL record for most games played by a defenseman. Gets hurt. The next night he's hurt. Like, it's just like these, these, yeah. these are the things that we keep bringing up about, you know, if you're not paying attention, like we, everyone in, in the Islanders echo chamber is, you're not, nobody's picking up on these things. Like just how deep the conspiracy mm. is going here with the Islanders cursed season. Uh, Cause it's, it's, you can really open up a, a real can of wormholes, uh, mm. worms here. It's like how it's, how it's going. And, um yeah like you know that that cap uh, the king's game becomes even more frustrating Mm. um and that shark shootout lost point becomes even more frustrating with the way they played in anaheim yeah which is weird because uh like i said i didn't watch the game but i know how they played and i was following the game on twitter and saw everything you know that happened and um if if you know a couple of different things go a couple things go differently on the road trip like you're you're talking about team that's building some momentum and mm. give like we said like all we want is <laughs> like some like a reason to just to to be excited even a little bit excited to tune into a game yeah. that's all I want because at this point I'm not like I'm more excited and we'll talk about it a little bit later like I'm more excited to root against the rivals now like I'm more <laughs> in, into their season and like subscribing to, to to like their feeds on on whatever the athletic or newsletters yeah. or whatever. Um, and and worrying about what they're going to do at the trade deadline than I am the Islanders because um, that's that's how the season's gone. It's now like okay, the season's been a disaster, but is it gonna, if is it going to become a true nightmare? Yeah. Um, and that's that's what I'm watching for at this point. <laughs> yeah, and they definitely didn't have that. That Ducks game did not definitely not have that quality. Like I I tweeted before, what? Why am I even watching this? Like I didn't, and I think the answer is because it was Sunday night, and the only other thing on was the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City which I didn't feel like watching and my wife doesn't watch. So there wasn't a whole lot of other options really. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to watch it. Um, but I'm glad I did because it ended up being a four nothing Islanders win over the ducks uh, at the pond in Anaheim. Oh yeah. A couple of things about the the Kings game. Yeah. Like you mentioned, uh, Barzell seemed to sustain some sort of lower body injury, maybe a foot or an ankle. He's day to day, which kind of tells me like he's not going to play. He didn't play in Anaheim. He's probably not going to play in Colorado. Uh, they're going to get him back. They'll reevaluate and they'll figure it out. But it didn't sound like it was that bad. Chara, I did not see get hurt. They called it an upper body. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. But 
um, you know, in a way, it's one of those things where it opens up a spot. You know, for most teams, a, an old guy getting hurt opens up a spot for a young guy. In the Islanders' case, an old guy getting hurt opens up a spot for an almost as old guy in Andy Green, who gets back in the lineup for the first time in six games uh, and uh, actually makes his presence felt. He scored a beautiful goal. And the funny thing to me about this this win, the Islanders played really, really well. It was a very Islanders game. Yeah, the Ducks had more of the shots, but like it was, this was the most low event hockey game you've ever seen. The heat map barely has any kind of dark colors in it at all because almost none of the chances were from the high danger areas. The Islanders had the, the majority of them, but even then I think they only had, I think it was like five to six or something like that. It wasn't a whole lot for the game at all, um, but it was a very Islanders esque game. But what's funny to me is that of the four goals that they scored, they might have three of them might've been the prettiest goals of the Islanders all season long. Um, the, uh, Noah Dobson had a slap shot go through traffic. That was cool. But then to open the second period, Ross Johnston sends this sort of like blind pass across the ice to Casey Sezikis right on this tape. And he, and Sezikis scores on it. This was on a delayed penalty on Sezikis's birthday. It was gorgeous. I, I couldn't get over it. I didn't think even Sezikis was shocked that that pass uh, work and goal worked out as well as it did. And then in the third period, uh, Andy Green, of all people, Picks the top corner of the net. He pinches in and he just shoots and puts it over over uh, uh, Alex Stolarz's shoulder like he was, you know, Pablo Burry or something. It was crazy. And then uh, Kiefer Bellows scored in the third period on a breakaway. It's actually second breakaway of the period. And it was a really nice goal. And Bellows has played really well so far. We're going to talk a lot about him, too, in the second half of the show, too. So, I mean, it was a, it was a really good game. Ilya Sorokin made 34 saves. He's got five shutouts, which is pretty good. And his numbers, again, this season have been generally good, although they've sagged a little bit recently but it was um it was a you know again as we've said a couple of times this year it's about as close to an a classic trots hockey islanders hockey game as we've seen lately and afterwards trots said they were just having fun playing the right way which is <laughs> means the trots way they were having fun playing their game and and it worked and the ducks have been in a real bad funk lately but you know it's that's the way it bounces and the islanders you know again after the the uh, performance the night before which stunk on ice they for them to show up, play their game, come out with a win, a shutout at that was was actually highly encouraging, and, and it made me almost want to watch Tuesday's game against Colorado. But that's up in the air still. I, mean, I might still fail on that one, but uh, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. So yeah, the, uh, I, I I was um, I was watching so much eighteen eighty three and like kind of like passively following on Twitter, and uh, when I saw like the goals that were coming in, I was like, dang, like cannot believe that this is the game I chose to miss, especially. Uh, with with Andy Green yeah. scoring and that celebration was great. I watched the highlights and and <laughs> I think this is going to be the theme of the second half. But I, and, I, and I want to talk about like John, Ross Johnston and Kiefer Bellows and, and Sebastian Ajo in that in the second half. And uh, this game was a good launching point for that conversation to be had because <laughs> um, you know I think with Green, we, I think we pretty much all know what's going on and what's going to happen here. And it'll be sad for 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 who, when he gets dealt for the you know, fifth rounder or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, you're happy that he, he got the goal and, and he, he, the celebration was just great. But um, yeah, I think w- what Trot said and is in the Kings game about them, you know, not they're get everyone's guessing. And then the next, next night, like it, it, it I guess can seem so fluid and, and makes like, like it makes so much sense to everybody playing. Just it drives you nuts uh, because I was watching, uh, the highlights to the game four against Boston um, in the playoffs last year, uh, a couple nights ago. And it's just when you, when you're watching that game, when uh, the the Bruins go up one, nothing on a David Krejci goal that shouldn't have counted, by the way, it was, it was interference. <laughs> um, that like the, the highlight package that I was watching, they, they don't show, show, show the, um, you know, the goals. It's not like three minutes. It's like a 13 minute thing. And just every chance the Islanders have, like you're, you're watching like Beauvillier to, to Nelson to Bailey. And the, the, the passes are, are just on tape and they, they're not, uh, they're not simple passes to make, but they know exactly where the guy's going and whatever. And it's the same with, uh, you know, the defense and, and the outlets, the, the out, the breakout passes. And um, it's, it's funny because you just haven't seen that team really at all. You, you see mm. them every once in a while, they, they pop their head up and you're like, <sighs> like, yeah, this is, <laughs> if it, it, it's, it's almost like watching a, you know, you, you love a band in high school and they go you know, break up and then they come back and they play like a, a 10 year anniversary tour or something. And there's a couple of songs that 
uh, you can just tell that they're just, they just don't have it anymore. And then they play like one hit and you're just like, ah, oh, that was amazing. And it makes it almost <laughs> all worth it sometimes. But uh, yeah, it's, it, that's, what's been frustrating. It's like, they'll, they'll pull these performances out, and, but they just can't string them together. Uh, yeah. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not like they're doing it at home and not on the road. It's not like they're doing it when uh, you, in, in certain types of games, against like certain types of teams, it's, it's, it's all over the map. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll get there and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say too much, but you always wonder with that, like, cause I mean, that's a problem that's plagued the Islanders for, for years and years and years. And like, you wonder if it's like the makeup of the team. That's just like that. And, and I don't know. I, I have a theory that like, you know, one of the Islanders things is that they try and control the pace of play and they come out and do that. And then the other team is like, no, I think we'll play this way. And then the Islanders never really adjust. And uh, it they, you know, kind of get, again, they chase the game like they did in LA. But um, yeah, no, there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. And, and this game coming up against the Avalanche, we'll talk about on the other side, I mean, could go one of many different ways. It could be a, a stirring win that, you know, the visitors come in and surprise the, the very, very talented home team. Uh, or it could be a thorough ass kicking. And neither answer would surprise me or anywhere in between too. Um, but, uh, you know, so far, again, I, I think in these, these four games, they've played really, really well, except for that one. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the one sore thumb that sticks out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if, if then, like you said, the, the next four games are real mm. tough, but yeah. all of a sudden, you know, they, if they play like they have been, it's not, I wouldn't be, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if they come away with, with, with a few performances that are like, Wow, that was uh, <laughs> that was vintage, and right. it'll just the the problem is now that it's not 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 even like from a draft pick perspective, yeah. but the wins are just pissing me off now because I'm like, see, right. you, you can do it, and you just did it without <laughs> your best player. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was explaining Today, to no my child. daughter. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Who else would? Yeah. I was actually explaining to my daughter the other day that like, it, it it if they're gonna lose, you're almost better off losing a lot because as of right now, I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, of the if you have sixteen teams make the playoffs and then the other fourteen are all you know going to draft, the Islanders are probably going to get like the pick 12, 13, or fourteen, which doesn't really <laughs> help them all that much. But that's probably the way things are trending. All right, let's take a break. Uh, it's been forty minutes. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about Zdeno Char. We're going to talk about uh, some of the younger guys in the Islanders lineup and how this uh, little stretch has uh, improved or uh, maybe reduced their stock and uh, maybe some surprises along the way. All right. So come back with us in a couple seconds. Thanks. It's time for today's lucky land horoscope with Victoria cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land. You know what they say? Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now a word from our sponsors. First is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor t-shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. That is VintageIceHockey.com. They have Long Island Ducks. They got New York Rovers, New England Whalers, all kinds of cool stuff there. Check it out. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play Big Pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. You must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Please drink and play responsibly. Uh, so we talked about it a second ago. Uh, Zanino Chara is now the uh, all-time NHL leader in games played by defensemen. You know, look, we've talked about Chara a lot this season. He is not what he once was. If the Islanders thought that he could replace Nick Letty, they were wrong. If they thought that they could tread water, uh, 
with him in that spot until they got to the playoffs and or you know and then closer closer to the playoffs or the trade deadline and pick up somebody who could replace Letty uh did not work out that way um but as i wrote last week uh when he broke the record you know there is something pretty cool about char breaking this record like this and when you think about all the times that you're going to see him you know, in a in a, a highlight package or something like that, breaking this record, he will be doing it in an Islanders uniform, and he'll be waving to the crowd and in San Jose. Obviously, now that we know, and uh, and I think there's something to be said for that. And you know, the more I think about it, I, I'm not saying that he, he couldn't be traded. Obviously, if there's it's been interest, according to insider Pierre LeBrun, um, and if the Islanders do get an offer that is anything of of substance, Lou Lamorello should take it in a heartbeat. But at the same time, I, I feel like I kind of almost want Chara just to finish out the season here. He will have brought it back to where it all started. He would have broke the record here. I think it's sort of like maybe a, 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 a not that he has anything to apologize for, but like a kind of a a, a thank you to the Islanders or a, a, you know a, a final kind of like hey it didn't work out but I'm back and here you go kind of thing. You know it wouldn't really mean a whole lot of hill of beans, but. Uh, I, I think it would be kind of cool and it would be weird to like, well, he broke the record as an Islander, but then he got traded to Florida and now he's playing it. Like, I think I'm going to be kind of weird. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, am I looking forward to seeing him stumble through another 30 games <laughs> and, you know, slow the, slow the game down and get trapped in his own zone for two minutes? Frankly, no, I am not. But as we just said, I mean, it seems like this is going to be a playoff free season. And honestly, like just, just for seeing him set the record, he broke the record. He's going to set a new one. It's going to be done in Islanders Jersey. I think there's something to kind of be said for that. I think it's kind of cool. Same with Zach Parisi scoring his 400th goal in the Islanders jersey. Like, I think it's just kind of cool. It's going to show up in highlight packages. And uh, we all know Zach will score his 500th goal in an Islanders jersey when he uh, eventually uh, signs an extension with the Islanders, as we're all, you and I at least, are hoping he kind of does. But, uh, you know, that, that's about it. I just, I've gone from being like, oh, man, I can't watch this guy anymore to being like, you know what? I think that's kind of cool. And I want to see him just kind of keep setting this record and, and extending it uh, in an Islanders jersey because I do think that is kind of neat. Yeah, I think um, it's it, it's put us in such an awkward spot that uh, <laughs> you just got to kind of take, you know, separate the, the two things, uh, the disappointing season from the accomplishment, I guess. And um, yeah, it's, it is cool. And, and I, I was thinking about just like all the, ch- the Char games from when he would play with Boston and Ottawa. Um, and the guy just killed us. Yeah. Well, killed everybody. <laughs> he killed, well, killed everybody, but he, the fact that he used to run the point on a power play, uh, and we did it so f- efficiently for years is just beyond my comprehension. Like I, I'm, I'm like, it's almost like kind of, um, I don't know if you've ever had this, I think they call it the Mandela effect, like where you imagine something happened and then it actually didn't like for a while. I thought. I was like, I'm pretty sure narwhals are real, and then like <laughs> I like had to like look up to make sure they were, and, and they were. Oh, like there's that. um people think that uh, Shaq starred in a movie called Shazam, but it was actually Sinbad in a movie called Kazam. But there are people out there that are convinced <laughs> that it was Shaq in the movie with Shazam. It's like no, it's Kazam with Sinbad. <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel about Chara of running a power play. Right. Because uh, I think t- in today's power play, you're you you need your your point guy to be able to to. Um, to move really well into uh, any, I mean, he used to move all right. Like, but he wasn't the kind of, you know, smooth skating, Kale McCarr holding the blue line types like shift or Adam Fox or whoever. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, he's, he, he, what a marvel he was and the type of guy that at least once a game still, you, you just like, you're just like, Jesus Christ, he's gigantic. Like this guy, this doesn't make any physical sense uh, at all uh, that this guy can play the sport uh, professionally. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hats off to him. I'm, I'm kind of on the other side. Like, I do want him and, and Green, uh, not Parisi, because like you, I you know, would love to see him sign a seven year deal. Um, that I want, I would love uh, to see those two guys like get get acquired to be a seventh or eighth defenseman for Florida or Tampa Bay or Colorado or someone, um, and let them do like kind of what Mark Streit did. You know, just mm. get their name on the cup in a. Uh, in like a, a, a non-role kind of role, like as an ambassador almost. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, again, if, if Lou Lamarillo gets an offer for them, then he should definitely take it. But I just, I don't know. What's, um, Actually, I just, uh, I'm just reading about this. And uh, I just, you've all just now seen the Mandela effect happen in real time because the movie is actually Kazam starring Shaq. <laughs> and people think it's Shazam starring Sinbad. 
And so that's, so there you go. I kind of, I got it mixed up. I, I did exactly what I said other people do. And now I've that's done beautiful. it. Anyway, don't, it's not a good movie. Don't watch it. But in any event, um, yeah. And so, you know, like I said before, it does, you know, Char being hurt, at least for the time being, again, we have no idea how long he's going to be out for, does open up the possibility of getting some other guys in the lineup. And in this case, it was Andy Green. Um, but, you know, Sebastian Ajo, for a guy who struggled a lot of this season, has actually kind of looked okay for the last couple of games. Same with, like I said, Kiefer Bellows, who's looked actually really good. You know, he doesn't always score that much, but you can see him throwing the body around. I think his defensive awareness is getting a little bit better. And um, it, it it does make you wonder. We're also seeing Oliver Wallstrom out there more often now, although I think I, I could see where Trot says his like kind of details are wanting a little bit. He hasn't scored in what seems like forever now. Um, but it does bring up the question of like, you know, once those guys are gone and you're leaving it to the younger guys, like what is what does that mean? And, you know, we'll obviously talk about this more as the season goes on. But like, you know, what does this time now mean for these guys, these younger guys who are trying to establish themselves? Like for Sebastian Ajo, even if he's playing really well, like what does that even mean? Is he right. going to unseat one of the guys that like can incumbent? Because Noah Dobson is arguably had the best season of any Islander. Like when you really think about it, he's him and Nelson really are the only two guys that have had, and I guess, you know, Barzell and maybe even Lee behind them. They're the only ones who have had like good seasons. So like, what is Aho? What is the end game for Aho at this point? Like, are we talking about six defensemen? Are we talking about trade bait? Like, I don't even know. It's just weird, but you know, good. It's good that he's playing well, but at the same time, like what is this stretch even, what could it even mean for him? Like, I don't even know where it's going to go from here. Yeah. And I think he's, yeah, he's, he's one of a handful of guys. Like, We've we've talked so much about how weird the careers have been of of a couple of players, mm. Aho, Michael Dal Cole, and yeah. um, Kiefer Bellows, and, and who, Michael Dal Cole, by the way, who we still have no idea where he is. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever answered that yeah, question. We didn't, we didn't know where Matt Barzell was. That was a little more important. Oh, but yeah. now we don't know where where Michael Dal Cole is. Right. Uh, but like, they're, they've just been so strange because of the way they've been handled. And Aho for the past couple seasons is just the the seventh defenseman who never gets into the lineup. Dal Cole is the 14th forward who never gets in the lineup. And then Bellows is the young, supposedly emerging talent who gets in the lineup every <laughs> three weeks and then comes out and um, basically follows the same pattern. Good game, bad game, press box. And uh, <laughs> the the question is like, yeah, like w- what what to, to, the, to the greater good of the Islanders, like <laughs> is this Aho stretch doing, right? Like no. I think it's pretty clear what the team thinks about him. Um, and will this, I mean, if he, if he continues playing like this, then maybe there's a decision to be made. Uh, but at this point, like what, what are the, what, if he really plays well, like who, who is he going to unseat? Is he going to be the sixth defenseman next year? Is he going to be this? Cause to me, it's like, he's, if he keeps playing like this and gets another NHL contract, it'll be from the Islanders and he'll be doing the same exact thing over <laughs> again. And I don't understand how anybody would want to do that. Um, but who knows? Because they kept he came in Dal Cole kept resigning to this to this gig. Um, but in the same way, like that this this stretch from Bellows, like yeah, like it's it's nice that he's having a good game. He had a good game, a couple good games, but he's got to have like twelve good games for him to be in a row to to really start being like okay, like this guy, he's starting to he's turned this corner. He's starting to to show like who he is as an NHL player. He was drafted in the year after Matt Barzell. It's not like <laughs> Bellows is like I always think of him as like 2018, right, or 19. No, no he was drafted a while ago. Like right. this is this is kind of it for him. And uh, you know, you think about like Aho and Bellows. They're they're still young enough and have the to, the tools. Uh, are they toolsy enough to to be interesting? I think to other teams as well. Um, to the point where I don't think the Islanders would want to give them up for nothing. So is it like? Are they showcasing themselves a little bit to make for maybe a deal at the deadline or as part of a package? I don't know, but probably not. And then there's Russ Johnston, who, who like, uh, is Russ Johnston good? Because <laughs> I mean, he kind of might be. Like, he, I, I, I don't think he's he's not a top six forward, and he's definitely not a gonna be a, a third line checking forward because he's not quick enough. But if if Matt Martin has career is going the way we think it's going with the way he's played this season uh you know rush i can totally see a world where the islanders enter next season with rush johnston as their fourth line left wing with you know whether it's pesho or sezikis at next year depending on what happens with clutterbuck um 
and like a, and, a, and another forward of you like a Austin Zarnick type on the other side but uh it's like he's he like shows these weird flashes where he's he's like the game like almost slows down to him and he makes this this move or pass that surprises everyone and uh it's kind of like when you'd play like a baseball game and and if you like time it right and it's going to be a home run like the, the game slows down and it yeah. like hits your your bat and it like flies and you know it's an automatic home run like that's how the game kind of slows down sometimes when johnston makes a move and this <laughs> like he's obviously going to be here next year he's on a four new four-year deal year right. one of a new four-year deal so there's something there's like something about what's going on with him too and uh so it's there's there's like these weird pockets of the team, right? You know, like you got the the core guys going forward, the spine of the team, uh, who they're building around. Then you got the other half or the other pocket of of guys who could be traded uh, this year or at the at the draft or during the summer. And then you got these qu- like strange guys, <laughs> like the Ahos <laughs> of the world, and yeah, uh, those that group right now are the ones that are outside of Dobson, who, like you said, like I, I think we'll we'll have a a lo- much longer conversation about Noah eventually um but like the, the the other guys these these the Ahos and bellows like they're the ones who are kind of percolating right now and i just i don't know it's this is, sounds bad but like i just don't know what purpose it's serving yeah no it, that's a good question i mean they're here now so i mean you hope that they they have a good showing as far as johnston goes like i've kind of felt for a long time and i feel like we've talked about this before like in short doses and small doses He's pretty good. Like, I think the problem comes when he starts playing like games six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a row. You start getting like the kind of diminishing returns. And that might be because of a function. That might be a function of the fact that he doesn't often play that much. And he's usually in the press box by that point. Kevin Kurz actually said something funny. If you haven't listened to um, the uh, the lead, which is the uh, sort of daily athletic podcast, uh, he did a whole thing on Chara and uh, it was actually really good. I'm pretty sure he said there, but I'm not even sure. But uh he talked about how uh, Ross Johnson is the only Islander he's actually met in person because he actually sat next to him in the press box <laughs> uh, in San Jose. Um, but, uh, you know, I think in small doses, he's, he's pretty good. Like his hands, he's shown to have pretty soft hands for a guy that large. And, of course, he's not afraid of throwing them into another guy's face when when called upon. And he's also also massive. I will say this, though. If he is on a line with J.G. Pajot, something has gone terribly, terribly yeah. wrong. Like I can see him playing with Zizekas next year. It, you know, depending on what happens with Martin or Clutterbuck, but like, I don't want him on a third line with JG Pajot. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I really just wonder if, if like Pajot and Sezikis, if Clutterbuck does move, move on, if like they're going to switch roles almost, like, and Sezikis yeah. is going to be playing the, the third line hmm. role of, uh, yeah. That and I then, can see. Yeah. yeah. That's, what, <laughs> but, that's, I, that's what my thinking, because I think like, like Pajot's, um, I think, is is a compliment to him. Could translate into a number of different places, obviously, as we've seen. And mm. um, if 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 the fourth line does get blown to uh, <laughs> bits, like you, yeah. I could see Pat, Trotz tasking Pajot to be like, all right, like you're going to bring the new fourth line along, and while Casey plays with you know P- Parisi and yeah, whoever, I could see that. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know. But I I think it might be more about kind of seeing what what they have. And I, I mean, I'm not that I think they're going to try and trade any of these guys. I don't know what they're what their value even is. I mean, I, I can't imagine anybody's actually going to like would spend assets on them, but I mean, I, I, I don't know what their contract status is too. I think Bellows might, might be up for a new contract. We know Dobson obviously is, um, but it's interesting. And I mean, you know, part of the problem with the Islanders is that, as you know, if you have a subscription to the athletic, uh, they have no good prospects. <laughs> like they will, you know, that when they do their, what Scott Wheeler does his <laughs> ironclad, uh, you know, cast in stone prospect, rankings the islanders are always like basically dead last or close to it and and you know even aturati people were like you know killing themselves because the islanders got him in the third round last year now all of a sudden it's like nah, he's not that good i don't know you know it's like okay buddy whatever you say um william dufour had four goals the other day in in the quebec major junior league he, he like literally puts up i don't know like 12 goals a week and everybody's like nah, he's not that good i don't know man that's pretty impressive like <laughs> That's a, yeah. that's the way the queue has always been, you know, with the, these high scoring guys. But hey, somebody scores that many goals, I'm paying attention. Like I, I'm, I'm excited to see this guy. Hopefully, he can translate to something. Not maybe that much, but um, but I, so I think there's a lot of that too. And I mean, I think you know it, the Islanders' prospect pool is not that good. And all joking aside, and so if these guys can take a step, then you have another generation to come up because they uh, they do have some older guys that 
you know, we'll need to have decisions made on them. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, like th- they're so confounding, you know, like uh, Bellows, Wallstrom, Aho, before the season, even Dobson, you know, like, you know, you see these flashes and you're like, man, these guys are going to be really good. And then sometimes you're just like, I don't know what these guys, <laughs> I, just, I don't know what, to, what are they going to, you know, just trade this guy for a third rounder and just get something else, you know, or something like that, or package him with Varlamov, send him off to Colorado and, and maybe he'll, he'll sit on the bench and win a cup or something. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it's just weird. Cause like everybody else is prospect. The Penguins call up some guy nobody's ever heard of from Wilkes-Barre and all of a sudden he's skating next to Sidney Crosby and he's got 15 goals in the blink of an eye. Um, that doesn't happen for the Islanders. It doesn't happen for anybody. So I, I don't know. It's a good question, but I guess we'll just we have thirty two some odd games to find. Oh no, actually, so the game we guys might as well move on. The game on Tuesday night, the night you're that you're probably listening to this, is game fifty of the season against the, the Avalanche. So we have thirty two more games to figure out what they have in these guys uh, starting uh, Tuesday in Denver. And uh, yeah, I don't know, we'll, by the end of it, we'll we'll figure it out and. I don't know, maybe the draft, somebody gets moved or whatever, or re-signed and moved up to a new line or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's yeah. Bad. Yeah. That's, I mean, who knows? What, what, yeah. You know, it's hard to know, but that's, that's, again, that's the way the season's been. Josh, Josh Bailey was playing center again. It's just like funny after his, his, he healthy, was, scra- his healthy scratches and he comes back, plays center well. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. Josh Bailey was healthy scratch because he has been really, really bad this season. <laughs> and and we have listen. We're not Bailey haters here. We've talked a lot about Bailey. He's a he's a talented guy who has you know endured a lot, and he's been All Star games, and he's no. I don't know if I'm, I've been happier for anybody about the Islanders' long playoff runs, maybe more than Josh Bailey. But this has not been a good season for him, and he, a lot of times he looks lost out there. Um, and he deserved that scratch and he came back and he played well, so maybe it worked, but I, I think the dude just needs a break, like a mental break or something. That's the way it looks anyway. I'm not trying to joke, but like, he looks like he needs just a mental break from this, whatever yeah. is going on here and, and maybe it'll he's work not, out. And he's not alone. <laughs> no, he's definitely not. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, I mean, about it. I mean, we'll have to see what happens in in Denver. Uh, and uh, this week is not going to be an easy one. They have the Canucks on Thursday who are getting their um, pants beat off by the devils right now. If you were hoping to see Yaro Halak on Thursday, yeah, you're not going to see Yaro Halak on Thursday because he's the guy getting his pants removed by the New Jersey devils right now. I mean, he might launch himself into the sun. I don't even know. Uh, Blues on Saturday at 1230. So mark your uh, calendars accordingly. And uh, then the Avalanche again on Monday, this time at UBS Arena. So fun to play the best team in the league twice in a week. Uh, so that'll also probably, you know, have a, a big impact. Uh, that that game will also be impacted by what happens on Tuesday, uh, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, th- this this month is not an easy one. There's a lot of hard games and uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. There's there's it's a it's the weird time of the season, like the trade deadlines coming up. Teams are on like these long winning streaks, these long losing streaks. I mean, if you watch that or heard about that Leafs Red Wings game from the other night, <laughs> it was the Leafs were up. What were they up like five one? Seven two. Seven two. Yeah. And they ended up winning ten seven because the Red Wings made it like seven five. It was eight seven at one point. It was yeah. It's so it's a wacky time of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about Leafs mm. this time, but we'll, we'll talk about them next next episode. Uh, <laughs> God willing, that it's still going like this because um, it's uh, it's it's like I said, it's I'm in full, you know, mm. root against the rivals mode. And yeah. uh, dude, I was you know, rooting what, for the Penguins the other day, the Penguins because they were playing the Rangers, and I found myself actually rooting for the Penguins to win. The yeah, game it's it's win. crazy how you can stick like that. It, it is it's one of the true joys in life, and this is gonna sound sick, but one of the true joys in life <laughs> is is when you root against your own team because mm. it'll benefit, it'll you know ruin something for the for one of your rivals and. Uh, that is uh, kind of the path we're heading down here. Like if 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 the Penguins are playing the Islanders, and if the Penguins beat the Islanders, it means they get home ice advantage over the Rangers or whatever. And you know that that is a it's one of the because of how warped I am from rooting for the Islanders in in some <laughs> truly dark days that I find joy in that. So um, yeah, looks like we're heading in that direction. <laughs> it's always a lot of fun. All right, well we'll we'll table the Leafs uh, discussion until next week. It has been a few weeks since we talked about them, but. Uh, yeah, it, it's great when they when they win a game, but they still lose. Yeah, so I always love that. <laughs> and it's great when the Rangers lose a game and also lose, which is uh, <laughs> what I was hoping for against the Penguins. You know, again, it, it felt it felt wrong and weird, but it just 
it had to it had to be done. It has to be done sometimes. Um, but yeah, I guess that that'll about do it uh, for this episode. If you haven't listened to our last episode of Weird Islanders with our friend Jenny Berman, we talked about Thomas Vanek. It was a hoot. We had a great time. Uh, what to talk about weird, weird Islanders and weird times? Uh, that was a good one. And uh, this is a week in which uh, oh yeah, he, he only played for Vancouver. But I was going to say he played for St. Louis, but he didn't play for St. Louis. But St. Louis figures prominently into the episode. And hint, you know what I'm talking about, a particular goal that we will never forget that he scored. Damn it. Uh, but yeah, check that out. And uh, we're going to have a new episode, hopefully not this week, but next week we're going to uh, get a new episode of that going. Um, and uh, also speaking of Weird Islanders, uh, our friend Noel wrote a whole article about the Ryan Smith trade, which is actually today's the anniversary. So if you haven't celebrated Ryan Smith Day, read <laughs> Noel's article. It's really great. <laughs> it covers all that that madness and uh, includes the legendary video uh, of the guy in the in the, the uh, Dolphins jacket and Islanders hat <laughs> welcoming Ryan Smith to lovely LaGuardia Airport. Queens. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was the moment Ryan Smith said, I'm not staying here any one minute longer than I have to. But anyway, but it, it was cool. You should definitely check it out. Um, yeah, read Lighthouse Hockey every day while you're at it. Uh, and uh, check out the Pinot Project, check out Betway, check out vintageicehockey.com. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, where can everybody find you on Twitter? At the Bigly Basket with two E's. Read Mike's work at the Action Network, follow him at the Big Lebowski. Uh, w- w- which one did you uh record today? You you did line change, yep, uh, line change, bit? line change will be out tomorrow, and then uh, new wonder goal on Thursday, and a it's line a, change on Thursday. It's a good thing you recorded uh with your friends so money before the Canucks got yeah. <laughs> their asses. Yeah. Into them. Probably wouldn't have been a good move. So no, definitely not. Did when you did. But anyway, check out line change, check out wonder goal. Uh, they're both great. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again next week. Uh, might, might go a little bit earlier cause uh, they're off on Sunday. The Islanders are. And so we might try and squeeze one in there. If not some other time. All right. Thanks a lot. We will talk to you later and uh, enjoy the games. All right. Bye-bye.